be really cool. With that, I introduce my very awesome husband, Aaron Thomas. That was, I don't want to do announcements anymore. I like that clapping thing. If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be on page 813. If you want to get a head start and turn there, we're going to be reading that in a few minutes. And then we're done. That's it. (laughs) You called it, Karen. Whatever Karen wants, Karen gets this morning. I love it. Be like like a high school English teacher again. If anybody wants to fall asleep, that'll make me feel comfortable as well. I'm used to that. Um, I love fall. The calendar says fall. The weather says it's still summer. It's supposed to be 88 today. I don't know what's up with that. I don't like that at all. Um, yeah, so I have leaves falling in my backyard, but it's unbelievably hot outside. But I love fall. I love autumn. I love leaves changing color, temperatures cooling. Um, the Major League Baseball playoffs are coming in the very near future. Go Cubs. Uh, Stranger Things Season 2 is coming out in October. October is the best month of the year. All right, Apple orchards, pumpkins. Notice I didn't mention pumpkin spice. All right, that is, uh, that is the thorn in autumn's flesh. All right, that's what pumpkin spice is. I don't understand. Yeah, now they're the booze. Pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin beer. Blech. Not my thing. Everything else, it's fantastic. Um, but the fall, with the season of cooling and the leaves changing and the, la- the landscape kind of becomes emptier, starker as the, the season goes on. Um, this year in particular, 2017, from a cultural standpoint, I'm sure you've noticed it's been pretty tumultuous. Uh, there's been some things going on. There's, it's just some ugliness, like divisiveness and... Uh, you know, temperatures are running hot uh, in, in, a, in a lot of different places right now. And it's, a, I think, a pretty special opportunity for us to double down on the symbolic movement of fall, of like cooling off and emptying ourselves of some stuff, some things that might have just kind of stuck to us that don't need to stick to us anymore, don't need to be in us anymore. The stuff that's pent up, maybe these bonds that we, we might have, they need to be released uh, and we need to be filled with the one and only Holy Spirit. That is, um, that is the gift of being a Christian, of following Christ, is that he has left us with his spirit living in us individually and in our community. Um, you ever walked outside uh, unprepared for really cold weather? Like, just didn't know, didn't have the right jacket on, and you ha- it was so icy, it felt like the wind was like penetrating every cell of your body. Like, you're like, am I wearing any clothing? Because it's going right through me. That's, I, I, I'm craving that kind of feeling with the Holy Spirit. Like, I want to feel just completely blown through by the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think that's what we need to do this fall. I think we need to allow the Holy Spirit to reinvigorate us, to sharpen us, to, to shake us loose individually uh, from maybe these bonds or these barriers or this junk that has stuck to us communally as a church, culturally as a world. This stuff just needs to fall. It just needs to, to go away, and we need the Spirit to be blowing through us again. So we're, gonna, we're starting a new series today called The Fruit of the Spirit, and it's based on this passage in a, a letter that Paul wrote to the Galatia, our church in Galatia. It's, it's Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 26 is our passage. 
we're going to do a, a major deep dive into those seven verses over the next uh, five weeks and, and just see what Paul has to reveal to us, the church, 2,000 years later in Silver Spring, Maryland, what he has to say. The church in Galatia was... Um, the letter has two different themes that, that Paul covers uh, that are overarching this letter. It's freedom and unity. Like these are the themes that he's kind of pounding into the, the church in Galatia through this letter. Um, what's happening, the reason he's <clears throat> zeroing in on these themes is that there, there were uh, Christians of Jewish descent in Galatia and, who were fighting and pressuring Galatian Christians to maintain Jewish badges of honor like circumcision, sabbath observance mosaic law they're like no we still need this stuff and you still need to obeying it to be obeying it they, and they were winning like they were actually getting converting people to this train of thought and and, and succeeding and get in uh basically slowly taking the focus off of jesus and putting it back onto the law which really introduced a poisonous bondage into the church at that time the focus shifting from law from love to law uh, was a really terrible thing. It was weighing people down with rules and laws, and they'd forgotten. They'd kind of taken, they had this like mission drift of taking their focus off of Jesus and back onto other things that made them feel comfortable, things that were more tangible to them. But it, actually, what that led to was some really terrible stuff. And Paul alludes to this in verse 18, right before our section of scripture today. He says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then he goes on to name the effects of losing focus on Christ and the spirit that dwells within us. And this is what he says in Galatians. So the first part of this section, it's not pretty because he's naming the effects of this loss of focus. So I'm going to start with verse 19. So he wrote, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then he goes on to, so he, he deconstructs what's been going on, and then he reconstructs like with a reminder of this is who you are. Starting in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So let's stop there. My friends, we need to let those words penetrate deep. Uh, because they are not just words. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all that stuff. Those aren't wor just words. They are experiences. He's reminding us of what we already have in us, that we have this gift of experience with the Holy Spirit. And these are some of the qualities that just pour out of us when we have the Spirit within us. Um, the water of the Holy Spirit needs to be turned back on turned back on it needs to start flowing through us and out of us again and there's a sharpness i mean you notice in there there's a sharpness to paul's words that he shares he's sharp because he knows the sense uh the senses of the galatians have been dulled by the law they've, they've taken their focus off and they, they there's, there's this dullness there's this loss of focus 
and he's trying to like re-engage them and in, in, in a loving kind of smack, uh, verbal smack, guide them back to the correct fo- focus. And 20 centuries later, there's a, a dullness of senses is, is something that we are still prone to. Um, if we're going to unleash these words as experiences, the fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, are the, if these are actually going to be experienced for us, we need to be sharp again. We need to rediscover that sharpness individually and communally. We need to be self-aware of what dulls our spirits. In Galatia, it was the law. Like that, they were going back to old comfort zones. To, and, and it was dulling their focus and their, and their spirits. And they were, they were not in tune with the fruit that was living within them. In the DMV, in Restore Church, we have to ask ourselves, what has dulled our spirits? What is that individually or communally? Uh, and so I want to do a, a quick deep dive into that word dullness. That is, um, I don't know why, but that word has been rattling around in my brain this week. You know, I, I read that, and I think it's personal, deeply personal for me. I think it's collective. I think it's cultural. I just get the sense that there is this rampant dullness that has infected all of us in some way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, here or there or people we know. That we have to, and I want to go into that a little bit, and, and I, I, I wanted to figure out why did the Spirit kind of lead me to this word, uh, because dullness can do a lot of damage. And so I just did a quick, like Webster's Dictionary style, definitions and synonyms of dullness, and here are the words that I saw that really struck a chord. Numb, not sharp, lack of interest and excitement, the quality of not perceiving things distinctly. Slow to know or understand. I read that. I'm like, oh, I, I have felt that. I think some of you have felt that. And I think a large amount of our culture have felt that. Like just a, a malaise. Like a lack of clarity. Like what is going on? And I, I think we need to take a page out of Paul's playbook here and just lay it on the line. Those are not just definitions, synonyms, or words. That is what I would call satanic oppression like that's about as fire and brimstone as I'm going to get ever but that's what it is it's evil oppressing people it is evil attacking good because people are good they are God's creation and I feel like Satan's having a field day uh, with, with those words with this, this uh, word uh, this dullness and I, felt, I think we felt it in 2017 uh, and to me, my, my numbness, my lack of interest or excitement, my fogginess, lack of clarity, it's not just because I'm tired or I'm busy or I haven't read my Bible enough. Like It is because there is an attack going on, and Satan has caused it. But the good news is now we are aware. Now it's kind of like we're Neo. We just took the red pill. Like It's that kind of like, whoa, eyes have been opened. Uh, another term that I've heard that we probably all used of like poke the bear, like Satan's, he poked the bear. And now the bear, the church, us, is awake. And we're a freaking grizzly bear. Like that's the way we look at it when it comes to the goodness of Christ, the fruit of the spirit flowing through us. And now we have a chance to respond to this weak evil that has poked us and awakened us. And now we have to. Now we have the opportunity to, to figure out. Okay, what has caused my numbness, my lack of excitement, my dullness, or our or cultural? All right, we can apply it to all different levels. Um, Carrie and I bought. 
a knife set when we first got married. That was 14 years ago. I've never sharpened one of those knives, not once. I know nothing about maintaining sharpness when it comes to an actual knife. She may have sharpened. People like Terry has. I, I, don't, I don't know anything. So what I'm about, like, when it comes to, like, knowing how to sharpen things, it's just me stopping for, like, five minutes. And like, how do you sharpen a knife? Like, what, you know, thinking about this. Maybe do a little Google search. I do know this much about sharpening sharp versus dull. The harder the surface you cut into, the, that's what cause, causes the dullness to increase. So we have to think about um, what are some hard spiritual, emotional, or physical things that have been rubbing up against us to cause dullness. I know there are some culturally. I mean, yeah. I was going to say something cynical, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but what about personally? You know, what, what has caused that in us? What, uh, some of the questions I've asked myself recently, what are the websites, the articles, or the content that I'm taking in that might be causing, causing this dullness? Like, am I reading? It's really easy to find really horrible things to look at. It's so easy. Twitter. Like, yeah, there's so many articles, there's so much volatility and anger and immaturity and, and lack of dignity, and, it just, and it's, it's so easy to just take that in like a fire hose. It only takes like five minutes for that to just be overwhelming. For me, that's hard. Like, that is really hard on my spirit uh, and, and my emotions. Um, so think about what it is. What's the content that you are taking in? that might dull the senses to the, to the fruit of the Spirit. What are the practices or habits that are dulling you? You know what dulls me? Self-medicating with practices and habits that keep me in a state of comfortable dullness. It's like that Pink Floyd song, Comfortably Numb. Like, I can get there. Like, I can find habits and practices that keep me there because I just want to be numb. I just want to be, I just want to be in that. Isn't that weird how we have that? Like, I don't really feel like, responding or moving or getting out of it like I can you know whether it's a novel like just force feeding myself fiction in order to mentally escape or Netflix or food or social media it's the internet in general all of those that's my heroin like that is my that's how I dull it and and maintain that dullness and that lack of clarity so what is it for you because it can be anything it doesn't have to be anything bad in and of itself it could be just something that keeps you in that state it's an oppression it 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 is a cloud that doesn't you you may not even feel like there's an escape from but there is and that's one of the lies satan likes to tell us is like it's just to keep us in that state Uh, but there's got to be something uh and uh, naming and identifying that stuff helps uh what if like the judaizers in galatia you've just lost your focus on christ and you're drifting um further and further away from him into this this dullness, into this numbness. What has caused that drift for you? Identify that. Being aware of that helps. It's not the solution. That's a, you, you can't fix yourself. This isn't self-help. Uh, Christianity is not a self-help religion. Um, I, I know this also in my, my great knowledge of sharpening knives. Um, knives don't sharpen themselves. I figured that out. Pretty... Uh, they have to regain their sharpness. A knife needs an, uh, needs outside influence. It need you know iron sharpens iron, like it has to, it has to rub up against something in the proper manner. 
Um, and our first step in sharpening and awakening from our slumber is rediscovering our excitement uh, is the same step that the Galatians took. It's refocusing our eyes on the love of Christ, forcing ourselves to do that, even if we don't feel like it. Because love is the first fruit. It is the greatest gift. It is the, love is the, the ultimate shock to the system. It wakes us from the slum, slumber, and it, it needs to consume us again. So you, get, you remember those times where you experienced something for the first time? And it was just unforgettable. Like, I remember the first time I skied down the Rocky Mountains. All right, I grew up in Indiana. I went snow skiing in Indiana, which you're like, is that even possible? <laughs> Believe it or not, there are ski slopes in Indiana. I did that. And then I went to the Rocky Mountains, and I'll never ski anywhere again. Like, it is, it, it, it's a spiritual experience. Um, I, I remember that vividly, the, the, and the feel, and the smell, and the cold, and the the exhilaration. I remember eating French food for the first time in France. Like that is an unbelievable experience. Or eating Italian food in Tuscany. There, there's nothing else like that. You remember those experiences. I remember my first sip of treehouse beer. It was, it was a game changer. <laughs> Phil Dibber discipled me in the ways of beer drinking by introducing me to that. I remember discovering this type of love that I did not know existed within me when my first son was born, when I saw Ty born 10 years ago, it was like a literal switch inside of me. That, uh, uh, like a, a light bulb lit up this area of my mind and my heart that I didn't even know existed. It was instantaneous, and it's never gone away. It's just there. It's like a new part of me. And we could all think of experiences like that where we have done something that has awakened us to something new, to something powerful. That's what love is, but it's bigger than any of those things I just mentioned. Even my own human love for my son, God's love for us is even bigger than that. And that's the type of love we need to let consume us again, awaken us, sharpen us, pierce us. We need to communally crucify anything that has contributed to our dullness, and we need to refocus and rediscover the love of God that dwells within us. And so we need to make some individual and communal moves into that action, into that love in order to unlock the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because our faith is a communal faith. It is. You cannot go this alone. There is no evidence in all of Scripture that this is just between you and God. That's not how it works. All right? Uh, and sometimes uh, when we're doing stuff, like when I teach, um, I, I invite you to consider something, or I, I even like to leave it open-ended sometimes and ask you, like, what, what's God saying to you? Like, what are you going to do about this? Today, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to tell you what to do, all right? <laughs> it's going to boss you around and, and, and issue some challenges. This is not optional today. Um, I think it's something we communally need to move into uh, and to consider. So you're going to participate in something over the next few weeks that's bigger than you, and it's going to breathe life into you, and if you don't believe me, Dare me, try me, test it, all right? Doubt it, but still move with it uh, because there needs to be a collective awakening, a collective sharpening because when you move communally, it blesses you individually. Like that is how our faith works. So the first thing I would challenge you to do, this Tuesday, uh, we're gonna do a 24-hour fast. So you're gonna eat lunch on Tuesday and then you're gonna break that fast with lunch on Wednesday. Uh, and if you've never fasted before, perfect opportunity. 
All right, we're all going to do it together. Richard Foster says this about fasting. He says, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. If you're trying to figure out what's numbed you, like where you've drifted, fasting will tell you, all right, because you will get really grouchy, all right? All the, all the, the addiction and the, and the stuff that you crave, it'll, it'll make its way. It'll, it'll only take a few hours for you to feel that, okay, what is happening mentally and emotionally and spiritually right now that's what fasting does jesus says uh, in matthew 4 man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god so fasting reminds us of what sustains us we aren't so much abstaining from food as we are feasting on god like that's what we're going to do together and we're going to see what comes to the surface and on wednesday morning i'm going to be here at the living room right in the thick of like that i'm really hungry and i want to eat breakfast um i'll have coffee uh, but I, I won't have food. But I'm going to be here at 7 a.m. on Wednesday, um, and I'm going to be praying. And I'm going to be and, and I'm going to be praying for anything that comes to mind. I have some specific things that I hope are coming to mind that I'm praying for during that fast. And you may too. And if you want to do it collectively, there's a power in that. And so if you want to join me in praying, uh, 7 a.m. Wednesday morning, we'll just meet for. We'll be here for about an hour or so before you go to work. I'll have really good coffee. It might take the edge off of the the fast. Um, it won't be Folgers, I promise you that. Um, but join in that. That's an opportunity. The second thing we're going to do is a lot more fun, all right? You're like, oh, geez, that's the first one. I'm, I, don't have, I can't eat. The second thing that we're going to go through th- throughout this week and each week of the series is we're going to actively share the fruit of the Spirit with one another and with other people. We are going to get really intentional about doing it, even if we don't feel like doing it, all right? We are going to combat that dullness with action, with concrete movement. So this week is going to be like hashtag share the love week because that's the first fruit of the spirit is love. So this week is the week of sharing love. And like the next week will be sharing joy and then sharing peace and then sharing kindness. Like we're going to zero in on those specific words. And then if you, and then share that like on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, email, text, if you don't have any of those, snail mail. All right? If you don't do any of that stuff, find a way verbally to share the, uh, the love with people throughout this coming week. So the way we're going to do it this week is consider um, what's a picture that you've seen recently that, that, that you love that's, that strikes that emotion. Or maybe there's an experience that you've had recently that reawakened you or you noticed love or maybe it's you give someone a gift card or it's a youtube video or a song or a story anything that reminded you of your love for god his love for you and your love for others share it like it is an open attack against all that ugliness that has been creeping up against people this year so we're going to move against that actively with sharing the love with the fruit of the spirit um like I said, do it on social media, do it on email. Um, <clears throat> maybe it's a, a group of friends that you want to uh, start a text string with. Uh, or maybe it's one individual person. Um, you know, even if, and, and again, do it. Even if you don't feel like doing it, you, you do it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a job. All right. So, uh, do you want to go to work every day? No. No one does every single day, but you go anyway. If you're a parent, you want to wake up 
every day and change a diaper or take your kids to school or make them breakfast or wash their clothes. No, but you got to do it. It's the same thing with sharing the fruit of the Spirit. We move even when we may not feel like it, even when we feel like that apathy or we're lethargic to it. So I'm going to kick this off right now. Uh, and we're going to close with a song that I want to share with you that I want us to collectively experience these lyrics together because it's really sharpened me spiritually over the last couple of weeks. And I, I listened to it and sung with it even when I didn't feel like it. Even when I didn't feel the words, I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm going to pound this into my head and into my heart and into my mind. And it's a song Carrie showed me, which is how I find any music because I have no idea about music. People just tell me what to listen to. And I've probably listened to it 20 or 30 times over the past two weeks. Um, but what it's done for me is it's reminded me of my love of Christ and his love for me. It's helped me dust off his promises like I'd forgotten certain things and certain aspects of God. Um, I'd become numb to them. And I've, I've been actively dusting that off. And this song really helped me with that. It's reminded me of what's possible when the fruit of the Spirit is unleashed. When love just starts moving into me and into this world. And I want us to, to collectively start right now with this song. And then we're going to share it throughout the week. So let me pray. And they're going to come up and we're going to sing. Lord, I thank you for timeless words that Paul shares. That God, I, I pray that uh, we would view these um, as experiences, as opportunity. That we would remember the the Spirit that is residing in us and moving in us. That we would uh, individually and collectively that we would crucify, as Paul says, crucify the passions and desires that have caused our numbness, our dullness, and that we would be reawakened by our new, um, re, you know, our, our focus on your love. And, and Lord, I just pray for um, clarity to start like snowballing this week, individually and communally. God, I, I pray that... Um, there would be an, an energy, an excitement building that we, would, that we would start to see, not the ugliness, but the beauty seeping into that in our own lives and in other people's lives and that we would be conduits that the fruit of the Spirit would flow out of us like a raging river. And Lord, I pray that these words that we're about to sing, that that would spark an opportunity to share your love to remember your love. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I've heard this one. Um, this is going to be...